Think about the most famous person you've ever seen in public or someone that you were shocked by seeing for the very first time. And imagine what it was like to see the Prophet ﷺ as a child for the very first time in Hajj. Nubayt ibn Sharayt radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he mentions that he went to Hajj with my father and my uncle. And it was the first time that he had been amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and this was going to be his time to become a companion. So he said that my father, he tapped me and he pointed to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, do you see that man that is riding on the red camel, the qaswa, and he's giving khutbah? And I said, yes, so my father, he said, that's the messenger of Allah So that first moment, subhanAllah, where it's like, whoa, that's him. That's the one that we've been hearing about this entire time. The Hajj was a time where you not only got to see the Prophet but you got to see him exert himself in ibadah in the most beautiful of ways. Al-Hajj Arafah. The Prophet said, Hajj is Arafah. And what that means is just like dua is ibadah, that supplication is worship, is that the core of Hajj is in Arafah. It is the ultimate pillar of Hajj. And so the majority of what is narrated about the Prophet in his worship and what he was setting right in this farewell Hajj was on the day of Arafah. So the Prophet on that day, he enters into Arafah from Mina right before Dhuhr. And he pitches his tent at An-Namira. And there's a masjid there, of course, now. And then the Prophet he made his way to the mountain. And the Prophet ﷺ made it a point to say that all of Arafah is a place of standing. He knew ﷺ the way that his ummah would flock towards the places that he was at and how we would all want to stand in the same place he stood. And the Prophet ﷺ made it a point to say all of this is Arafah, anticipating ﷺ that there would one day be millions of people performing this pilgrimage and he did not want to cause the crowding sallallahu alaihi wasallam and so there is no superiority of one place of arafah over the other now the day of arafah for the prophet sallallahu is divided between two parts it's the part of him speaking to the community and then the part of him speaking to allah it's really between his da'wah and his dua he is speaking to the largest congregation he has ever had some of these people have never heard a khutbah from the prophet sallallahu They've never heard him speak, right? They're just seeing him for the first time. But now they're going to hear these concepts. And so what concepts do you deliver to the people in this one time where you have over 100,000 of them listening to you? So Rasulullah wants to make it a point to capitalize on this moment, to convey the major concepts of Islam and what is necessary and fundamental to establishing his community. Now we find that though the Prophet gives what is famously known as khutbatul wada' as the farewell khutbah that the prophet gave multiple short khutbas on that day and so you have the narration that i mentioned which actually comes in the form of hadith form from salama ibn nubayt so the son of nubayt radiyallahu ta'ala anhu an abihi on his father who says ra'aytu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam yakhtubu yawm arafa ala jamalin ahmar I saw the Messenger of Allah وسلم, giving khutbah on the day of Arafah as he was on his camel. So the Prophet was riding his qaswa around, he was riding his camel around وسلم, and he was speaking to the people. One of those addresses that's narrated that the Prophet وسلم, said, 
O people, indeed, I have left among you that which if you hold fast to, you will never go astray. In one narration, the Prophet says, the book of Allah and the Sunnah. In another narration, the Prophet says, the book of Allah and my Ahlul Bayt and my family. So Rasulullah is speaking to the people and he's giving them advices as he is riding around before he starts his dua Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But then there is the address of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which has reached us. And the Sahaba mentioned that though they were over a hundred thousand, that the voice of the Prophet Sallallahu could reach us in our tents. So without loudspeakers, without anything repeating what the Prophet Sallallahu was saying, Rasulullah Sallallahu is speaking to his entire community. And that was understood to be a miracle from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. أَذِّنْ وَعَلَيَّ الْبَلَاغِ as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Ibrahim alayhi salam, call and it is upon me to deliver the message to the audience. So Rasulullah stands up on the day of Arafah and think about the khutbah of Arafah, of the Prophet and what you're going to hear from him. And if it's your first time hearing the khutbah of the Prophet which is the majority of the people that are there at Arafah, this is their first time hearing a khutbah from the Prophet what do you convey? He starts off Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with Khutbatul Hajjah and Alhamdulillahi Nahmaduhu wa Nasta'inu. The way that you hear in the beginning of every khutbah, he praises Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and he seeks his aid and his guidance. And this is a way of the Prophet Sallallahu conveying the way to give khutbah as well. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says to them, Isma'u minni fa'inni la adri la'alli la alqaakum ba'da aami hadha. He said that, listen very carefully to me, O people, because I don't know, this might be the last year that I meet you. I might not meet you after this. And he's speaking not only to the people that are coming from afar, but also the people that have come with him, that I don't know if I will see you again next year. This might be the only time that you ever hear a khutbah from me. So listen very carefully to me. The first thing the Prophet says, as the various tribes are gathered and realize that Hajj was a tribal exercise in the days of ignorance. It was a time where tribes would flex their muscles over the other tribes and especially the outsiders that were coming. The Prophet the first thing he says, he says, listen, inna dima'akum wa amwalakum haramun alaykum kahurmati yawmikum hadha fi shahrikum hadha fi baladikum hadha. I want you to know that your blood and your wealth are forbidden upon you for each other, meaning you, you cannot fight one another, that your blood and your wealth are as sacred in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as this day in this month and in this particular city, subhanAllah. So what's more holy than Arafah with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Dhul Hijjah? And then the Prophet he then goes on to abolish all of the feuds between the tribes. The Prophet once again, he says all of the blood money, all of the feuds, everything that existed between the tribes is crushed under my foot. I'm putting it under my foot and I'm doing away with it. SubhanAllah, like no more fighting between the tribes, no more of these old claims. And he said, the first one that I'm abolishing is my own tribe's right because there were old uh, disputes that existed. So the Prophet said, I'm abolishing those. And he said, and I'm abolishing a riba, which is usury and interest, right? Usury and interest was a means by which the rich became richer and the poor became poorer. It probably sounds familiar to you right now. 
And the Prophet said, I'm doing away with riba altogether. And he said, the first riba that I'm doing away with, the first interest is the riba of Al-Abbas No more late fees, no more things that you owe him. No, I'm abolishing all of the debt of interest and usury. And I start with my own family, with my own uncle, Al-Abbas And then you find these messages, SubhanAllah. The first man in history to give a clear and explicit message against racism. There is no man that we know in history that perceives the Prophet in explicitly saying the following. He says, looking out to the people from all over the world, he says there's no superiority of an Arab over a non-Arab, or of a non-Arab over an Arab, or one who is white over one who is black, or one who is black over one who is white. I'm abolishing all of this, not just the tribalism, the racism, the colorism, the elitism, all of it is gone amongst you. And we don't know of anyone to say this before the Prophet Imagine this is the first khutbah you're hearing from him وسلم, and you might belong to one of those groups that were discriminated against. And the Prophet is saying, this is all done with, it's crushed under my foot. And he says وسلم, and treat your women well. And he goes on وسلم, to mention the rights of the women over the men and the rights of the men over the women. So he establishes the family foundation and he says, do not go back to striking each other's necks like disbelievers. SubhanAllah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Don't go back to being kuffar, striking at each other's necks. How the Prophet is emphasizing in these moments, unity in the home and unity in the community. That's what the Prophet is doing. And so if you want to know what you set right in a community, the ethical paradigms in a community to be set, Imagine this prominent khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ. For most of the Sahaba, the only khutbah they would ever hear from the Messenger ﷺ. And then it came upon the Prophet ﷺ, this particular verse. The verse that a Jewish man once came to Umar bin Khattab And he said, you have a verse in your book that if we, the Jews had it, then it would be a day of Eid for us. It would be a day of festival for us. Meaning this verse is so special that it deserves its own holiday. And Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, what is that verse? And he said, it is the verse, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ That today I have perfected your religion for you and I have completed my favor upon you and I have chosen Islam for you as your religion. And SubhanAllah, Umar al-Khattab anhu responds and he says, I remember when it was revealed, it was Yawm Arafah, the day of Friday in Arafah, and it was revealed upon the Prophet in his farewell address. SubhanAllah, the, the last thing the Prophet shares with them is this idea of the completion of religion and that came upon the Prophet in that context. And as the scholars mentioned, no verses of ahkam, no verses of rulings, no legal rulings or verses came down after that verse. So it was in the Hajj of the Prophet and that day of Arafah that the religion was completed and all of the verses that came after that were reinforcing existing ideas or affirming existing rulings that we had within the Qur'an. So this is indeed a day that we celebrate and we mark, even if we don't celebrate it with the holidays that other people would celebrate with. And then the Prophet says, listen carefully. And he said, let those of you who are present inform those of you who are absent. And this is perhaps why you find the plentiful narrations of this day of Arafah. It's already understood that what you hear from the Prophet you want to convey to those that are not there. But here the Prophet saying to them that, listen, what you hear from me now, I want you to go back and tell your people. 
I want you to go back and tell your people what you heard from me. So this message that the Prophet just gave of the complete oneness of Allah and of abolishing tribalism and racism and of establishing a family and a community and doing away with interest and usury. This is now going to go to all parts of the world that Islam has reached, that this is what the Prophet chose to address us with on the day of Arafah. And then look at the humility of our Messenger What is he concerned with? He's concerned, did I do my job? Did I properly fulfill my task as a messenger? So he says to them, he says to the people, O people, أَنْتُمْ تُسْأَلُونَ anni, فَمَا أَنْتُمْ قَائِلُونَ You're going to be asked on the day of judgment about me. You're going to be asked whether or not I did my job. And remember what made the Prophet cry so much was that day of being a shaheed, being a witness over his ummah and being a witness over all nations, in fact, and the people being asked about their messenger. So he's saying to them, what are you going to say when you are asked about me? We bear witness that you have delivered the message, that you have fulfilled the message, that you have given us always sincere counsel and advice. The Prophet puts his finger to the sky and he says, Allahumma shahad, Allahumma shahad, Allahumma shahad. Oh Allah, bear witness, oh Allah, bear witness, oh Allah, bear witness. Like, yeah, Allah, you hear these people. Imagine the, the, the over 100,000 people saying to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, you did your job. Ya Rasulullah, you gave us the message. Ya Rasulullah, you gave us sincere advice. You fulfilled everything that you were supposed to fulfill, O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that was the last thing the Prophet looks up to Allah. And this is a dua. Allahumma anni balaqt. Oh Allah, I've delivered the message. Oh Allah, fashhad. Oh Allah, bear witness. And then the Prophet says, Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So he gives salam to the people and he leads Salat al-Dhuhr and Asr combined so that his dua would not be interrupted. Okay, so an Arafah, the wisdom that the scholars mention of the Prophet combining Dhuhr and Asr at the beginning of its time is so that the dua will not be interrupted throughout the day. And so the Prophet leads Dhuhr and Asr and the Prophet raises his hands to the sky the entire day without pause. Imagine hours and the hands of the Prophet do not come down. He's in his same spot وسلم, invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they could see his armpits وسلم, from his hands going up into the sky. And imagine what that conversation was like between the Prophet and Allah. What that dua is like from the Prophet as he knows that this is the largest gathering he ever has of his ummah. He is affirmed in a way that he has never been affirmed before وسلم, in this regard. And the people just bore witness that he did his job When Allah says, when you call upon him and he's near to you, that you also should respond to his call. The Prophet just affirmed with the people that, Ya Allah, I did what I was commanded to do. And now he's calling upon Allah, knowing that it's probably his last year that he's about to die وسلم, on this blessed day of Arafah. As the Prophet وسلم, was raising his hands, there's one incident that takes place where Abu Hurairah narrates that the Prophet وسلم, forbade fasting Arafah at Arafah. So if you're at Arafah, you can't fast. Now, the people, they doubted whether the Prophet was fasting or not, because they were used to for years before, because the legislation of the fasting of Arafah came seven years before that, or eight years even before that. So they were used to fasting the day of Arafah, and they didn't know if the Prophet was fasting or not, 
but he was so immersed in his dua sallallahu alayhi wasallam that they couldn't even interrupt him to ask him if he was fasting or not. So Maymuna radiallahu ta'ala anha, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu she witnesses this and she sees the people and they are so thirsty. They're getting dehydrated, it's hot. And it's right in the plain of Arafah and you don't have air conditioned tents, right? They're looking at the Prophet sallallahu and they're trying to see whether he's fasting or not. So Maymuna radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that I took a glass of milk and I took it to the Prophet sallallahu while he was making dua. The Prophet sallallahu looked at me, he grabbed the glass of milk and he understood sallallahu what was being done, that this was to show the people that he was not fasting. So the Prophet sallallahu he raised up his glass so that everyone would see that he was about to drink from this container of milk. And then he drank from it وسلم, and then everybody drank, right? Because it was confirmed at that point that they could hydrate themselves and drink water. What I wanna leave you with your brothers and sisters in this particular day, and, and I get goosebumps when I think about this, SubhanAllah. Arafah is the best day of the year. And it is the day that every year, Allah boasts of his servants to the inhabitants of the heavens and looks at all of these people making dua in all of their different languages and calls the angels to bear witness and says, what is it that they're asking? And he boasts about us and he's proud of us and he loves us subhanahu wa ta'ala as we're calling upon him on that day of Arafah. Can you imagine how blessed the day of Arafah is where the Prophet Aisha radiallahu anha, Umm Salama radiallahu anha, Fatima radiallahu anha, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhuma, Uthman radiallahu anhu, all of these people are in the same place making dua. Can you imagine that in complete silence for hours where the best people that have ever walked the face of the earth are in one single place on the best day of the year calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine the blessings that were descending upon that place at that time.